It's been an eventful week for the New England Patriots as the 2023 league year is underway. And contrary to what you'll hear from the naysayers, the Patriots are making some pretty good moves. Stick around because you're about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful. Thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Subscribe to or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. And don't forget, Locked On Patriots is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Mike DeBate. I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. Let me know what's on your mind. Reach out to me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing some love to the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. That's fans. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Well, Patriots fans, after a week of wheeling, dealing, signing, cutting, and trading in the NFL's legal tampering and free agency windows, your New England Patriots are certainly a different team than the one that walked off the Highmark Stadium field in Buffalo, New York, or I should say Orchard Park, New York, at the end of the 2022 season. But are your New England Patriots a better team? Well, only time is going to tell for that, but for now, we're just trying to keep track of all the roster comings and goings from New England, and that's why we're bringing you this special edition of Locked On Patriots, a weekend wrap-up, weekend review, and boy, do we have a great review for you today. Joining me in just a moment will be the latest and greatest member of the Patriots beat, Tyler Kyles of CLNS Media joins me, and he's going to break down the roster moves from the Patriots' offense, defense, and what this is going to mean for the product you're going to see on the field. Taylor is second to none when it comes to roster breakdowns, so we are looking very forward to welcoming here in just a moment. But first, when you look at this New England Patriots team and you look at their 8-9 and nine finish from a year ago, you knew that there was not much to go but up. Patriots are not a team that's used to wallowing in the bottom half of the league, and for the last two out of three years, they have not made the playoffs. That is not sitting well with Bill Belichick, it is not sitting well with Robert Kraft, despite of what you may hear. I'm not even going to get into some of the rumors that you hear about what matters to Robert Kraft and what doesn't. But, folks, let me tell you, I have covered this team for a number of years now. They want to win as much as anyone. And they're out to try to do it. The rest of the league making some good moves. I'm not going to lie to you. Even in their own division, the New England Patriots face a lot of competition. But they're making the right moves for this team. Let's take a brief look at who's coming in. Juju Smith-Schuster, obviously, the big news of the week. He comes in bolstering the wide receiver group. Jacoby Myers out as a corresponding move, I guess you might as well say. Have the Patriots upgraded there? Well, Juju is a bit of a step up when it comes to the wide receiver position. He does have the ability to get open, to get yards after the catch, something the Patriots do not have with Jacoby. 
Can Juju be the reliable target for Mac Jones that Jacoby was? That's a question that a lot of us are going to have, and we're going to need to wait until the Patriots take the field to get our answer. But on paper, I definitely like this move. James Robinson coming in on the running back core, definitely a lot of promise, some injury questions, some concern there. If this guy is locked in and healthy, he can be a solid complement to Ramondre Stevenson. Mike Gusecki was the big news from Friday, and Murph and I broke down the, what that means for the Patriots and how Gusecki can turn this tight endage group around and really make them a formidable part of the pass-catching offense, like what the Patriots have done on the skill position side. But from a tackle position, from an offensive line position, they've added a couple of uh, additions as well. Riley Reef comes in, coming in from the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a great opportunity, I think, for Riley to come in and make a splash here in New England. Some are concerned about how much he has left in the tank at 34 years of age, but the Patriots are paying him like a starter. I think at this point, when you look at what he brings to the table, Patriots have high hopes for this guy. Calvin Anderson, a solid swing option from the Denver Broncos coming in as well. And all of a sudden, you're starting to see the seedlings of a rebuilt offensive line. I still believe they're going into the draft to dip into some of that talent. And we will get into that on Monday and beyond here on Locked On Patriots when Mock Draft Monday makes its triumphant return. But not everyone is sticking around in New England. We did have to say some departures to some of the players that you know and love. Obviously, Jacoby Myers signing with the Las Vegas Raiders. Brian Hoyer released. Um, that definitely thins out the quarterback position. The Patriots are down to just two between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Look for them to either add a veteran arm at some point, or maybe they'll add a young arm in the, in the draft. No one really knows. Bill Belichick always keeps his eye on draftees at the quarterback position, so that would not surprise me. Devin McCourty retired. That's one of the big news uh, items from the New England Patriots in the past couple of weeks. Devin was a busy guy, actually breaking news on Saturday night that Cody Davis, special team specialist, will be back in New England. That's great news at that point for the special teams. And, of course, Jalen Mills being released on Friday as well. Murph and I going over the pros and cons of that and what it means for the Patriots moving forward. But the New England Patriots still have some outstanding moves to be made. There are outstanding veterans that are right now out there on the free agent market. Nelson Aguilar, Damian Harris, Isaiah Wynn, Jawan Williams. What are their fates in Foxborough? Well, if they haven't been re-signed by now, it's probably not looking good. I think that each of those players is probably going to find greener pastures elsewhere. Bottom line, New England right now is keeping a sharp eye on the draft, but they're not done building through free agency yet. But what does it all mean on the field? Well, that's what we're going to ask our good friend Taylor Kyles to come in and sort out in just a moment because he's going to give us all the X's and O's you need on the offensive and defensive side of the ball to solve all your problems and answer all your questions. Taylor Kyles joins me in just a moment when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. But first, folks, Today's episode brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. Pats fans, the tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scorers to the threes drained. 
Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Patriots fans here this weekend to help me recap the week that was in Patriots free agency is the newest member of the Patriots beat. I've had the very, very distinct privilege to call this man a friend and a colleague for a number of years now from his days with Pat's pulpit right through X and NFL X Gen stats. And of course now CLNS media's newest beat member Taylor Kyles joins me here today on Locked On Patriots. Taylor, it's been a while since you've graced these airwaves, but it definitely is worth the wait. Welcome back to the beat and welcome back to Locked On Patriots, my friend. Thank you, brother. Talking to you, it just it feels like home. Man. I, I feel like we were just talking a week ago, man. I'm I'm excited to be back on. I missed your face. I'm really absolutely happy to be here. likewise. And absolutely Taylor's coverage this week was second to none for CLNS Media, doing a phenomenal job bringing everyone up to date, not just on the comings and goings here in Foxborough, but what it actually means for the Patriots on the field. Because Despite what you'll hear in some other circles, that's really what matters, what these guys are going to do on the field. The rest of it is kind of window dressing here in Foxborough. What we're going to discuss today really is the thrust of what the New England Patriots are trying to do in building a competent team for 2023. And Taylor, you and I both know, we've both seen the fan reaction. We've both seen our colleagues in the media react to some of the moves that are being made throughout the division, throughout the NFL fan, you know, universe throughout NFL fandom, but ultimately the Patriots are making moves and they've made a few this week that have really opened, I think, a lot of people's eyes and I think kind of tipped their hand in terms of what this team is going to look like in 2023. Start on the offensive side of the ball, my friend, because that's where everyone wants to start. Obviously, the big additions, Juju Smith-Schuster coming in as a member of this team, Wide receiver, he's going to change the complexity of the way they do things a little bit. Mike Gusecki, definitely going to change the complexity of the way the Patriots handle their tight endage. You look at the subtractions, obviously Jacoby Myers, John o. Smith, the big two on there. And Patriots have brought in a couple of additional offensive linemen. So for someone who is as um, an expert, as much of an expert as you are on the X's and O's, and you do it as well as anyone, my friend, kind of walk us through what your vision for this New England Patriots team in 2023 is going to look like based on the moves they made this week. Yeah, well, I think Juju is one of the bigger signings in terms of like name recognition. Uh, I think he is going to give you what the Patriots have lacked in the slot. Usually mm -hmm. that's Jacoby Myers' place, but he's more of a possession receiver. We are expecting him. Obviously, he's a quick guy. He's a really good route runner. So we'll get separation at the top of routes. But after that, you really weren't getting much else, and especially on the design touches and more of the scheme things where it's get the ball in his hand and let him make a play. Jacoby just didn't have that after-the-catch skill set to consistently get big plays when there was space. Juju does that, and he doesn't even need space. He's such a big guy. And, you know, he and Jacoby, they seem like they're kind of a one-to-one -one swap, but Juju's actually bigger. So what he can do is run through tackles. If you come at him with a poor attempt, he's just going to shrug you off. And he can make his own magic in that capacity that we just haven't seen outside of Kendrick Bourne and in the rare occasion, Nelson Aguilar. So 
I really think Juju slots more into that slot role where he's underneath. You know, you got your speed guys and Thornton and Parker as a downfield threat. Um, Gasecki, who I'll get to. You know, you got guys who can push up field or at least go intermediate. And he's the guy where, all right, the defense just is flooding downfield like uh, the Jets, for example. They love their soft zone coverage. So send them up, get Juju the ball underneath, and that's going to be a problem for offenses. Yeah, without any question. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, without any question, you're absolutely right. Please continue. Yeah. (laughs) And then you got Mike Kosicki. So he's another one where the one-to-one comp of, oh, they're replacing Johnny Smith isn't quite the same. Because Johnny was more of an after-the-catch guy who really struggled downfield and as a receiver. You know, he rarely looked like he was comfortable. There were a lot of double catches, just a lot of receptions that didn't seem, you know, just smooth or natural. Kasiki is the exact opposite. Literally, he's not going to get you much of anything after the catch unless he stiff arms you, just runs through, like I said, a poor tackle attempt because he is a big guy. He's 6'5", 6'6", 250 pounds. But – what he gives you is someone who in the intermediate part of the field is a massive target with one of the best catch radiuses in the NFL. Cause on top of being a big guy, he's got ridiculous hands, fantastic concentration. He can turn around and have the ball be past him. And there's so many times you'll see him just instinctively throw one hand out, snag the ball and bring it in where you're just, Oh, okay. All right. That's, that's the guy you got to worry about. And because he's so big, but he's also an athlete, he was by far the most athletic uh, tight end to come out of his combine, despite the fact that he's not a great yak guy. He does have enough athleticism. He's way too much for most linebackers to cover. And for safeties, even if they're in good position, although he's crafting, he can get separation from them as well, like a Hunter Henry. He's right. so big that it's hard for them to even contest the catches, much more break them up, much less break them up. So Gesicki gives you someone in the middle of the field who's a big body like a Hunter Henry type who can get you a lot of big plays that way, also in the red zone, which the Patriots have struggled in since Mac has been on the team, even since all the way back with Cam Newton if they weren't just running it in every play. So now you got Hunter Henry as well, underrated red zone threat who wasn't used to his full potential last year. You got two big tight ends who are really tough to match up with one of them, much less two. So the the receiving core – Although Gesicki is more of a big slot than he is a tight end, which is what he is in name, you got two bigger receivers who give you different things but add nice dimensions and at least some kind of matchup element that I think Bill O'Brien can capitalize on. And that I don't want to say they lacked because they did have pretty solid personnel last year, but obviously they just didn't have the coaches to utilize it to its maximum potential. Yeah, so well said. And I'm glad that you mentioned the red zone and the contested catches, something that Murph and I discussed a little bit yesterday here on Locked On Patriots. 61 contested catches in two seasons for Mike Gusecki in Miami between 2020 and 2021 is two most statistically sound seasons. New England ranked last in NFL red zone productivity in 2022. So you know they're going to be waiting and willing to see what Mike Gusecki can add to that level. And I'm also glad that you mentioned the type of receiver that you're getting in Mike Gusecki, the type of tight end that you're getting, because we hear the term 12-man personnel, uh, Taylor. We hear it a lot. I've talked about it here on Lockdown. I think everybody has. And you start getting two prolific tight ends in the room, and everyone all of a sudden is starting to believe it's going to be the second coming of Gronk and Hernandez. Now, These two are not going to be like for like. I think you're closer to that a little bit with these two, with Hunter Henry and with Mike Kosicki, as opposed to what um, Janu and Hunter did. But they were a little bit more the traditional complement in terms of a 12-man personnel because a true 12-man personnel 
forces you to the run side. It forces you when you have your tight end that's out on the on the perimeter and they're the widest one out. It forces the defense to acknowledge that and it's going to take a person off of being able to cover the other tight end to either run it in or give it on a jet sweep or be able to carry the ball out of the backfield. That's going to be interesting to see how the Patriots Mel, that lineup, can you see the running backs maybe getting more involved there or maybe even a jumbo tight end taking the ball? We've seen but stranger things in New England. How can this open up some of uh, maybe like the unorthodox side of Bill O'Brien? Well, I think what you're going to see is a lot of the empty formations. And that's mm-hmm. where he used them a ton at Alabama, obviously, with the Patriots back in 2011, Tom Brady, Hernandez, Ronkowski, a lot of that kind of thing. So what Kaseki does is he can give you someone on the inside where you put him in the slot. Like I said, he's more of a big slot receiver than a tight end. Right. But that being said, in that area of the field, you're usually going to either be covered by a safety or a nickel corner who's not as big as you or a linebacker who may be physical and maybe they can get a nice jam on you but they don't have necessarily the coverage skills in most cases to mm-hmm. actually compete with you on a lot of those routes the further you get downfield. So what they can do is even with someone like a Tyquan Thornton, you put him on the inside as someone who can stretch the defense a little bit. Um, at that number three spot where you think of like an Edelman and a Wes Welker, could be Juju, could be if they decide to go after Zay Flowers, you know, Kendrick Bourne, I would love to see get those opportunities. Just yeah. someone who can make that magic in space that you like to see. So like I mentioned, Bill O'Brien. I think that he is going to be able to put them in alignments where they have matchups that suit them better. Like you don't want Juju necessarily going up against, um, you know, Tredavious White because it's it's not really a skill set. Juju's not a guy that separates. But if you can get him against a linebacker or a safety or a nickel where he's got his size advantage and he can break that tackle, then yeah, that looks a lot better. And you're going to see them in those positions more often, plays that complement their skill sets better. And that's where – you know, I don't know so much as necessarily weirdness because that was more McDaniel's area where he loves trick plays and you're going to see them, you know, at least once every other week, something fun like right. that. Um, but it does at least give you formational versatility where it gives the defense a lot to think about where you come out in the same look, but players are in different spots and then the defense has to communicate and that's where things start to get difficult. Yeah, that's a very good point. I know Josh loved this trickery, and he still does up in um, Las Vegas. Uh, Yeah, we know that from personal experience, but uh, (laughs) all kidding aside, yeah, that's what Bill O'Brien, I think, is going to bring. I think stability, that hallmark of Bill O'Brien offenses are always ball security, ball protection, efficient running, spreading the ball to multiple pass catchers, spreading the ball to sizable pass catchers. Patriots definitely don't have that problem this year. They've definitely added a good amount of size and athleticism to that pass catching core. So, Taylor, you always, always nail it. You always hit the nail on the head when it comes to what we can expect to see in this New England Patriots offense. And folks, we're only scratching the surface when it comes to that. And uh, believe me, if uh, you want to know what this team is going to look like, even down the line past today's show, definitely give Taylor a follow. You won't be disappointed that you did. But my friend, it's not all about the offense. The Patriots have some different, uh, you know, plans in mind for their defense this year, even though. The Patriots' defense was the hallmark of their team in 2022, by far the best of the three major units in offense, defense, and special teams. A major subtraction with Devin McCourty, folks, and also Jalen Mills finding himself on the outside. Patriots may have a different-looking secondary coming up this year. Taylor's going to help us break down what the New England offense, oh, excuse me, what the New England defense may look like when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. 
Patriots fans, thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Remember, Locked On Patriots is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here with Taylor Kyles of CLNS Media. And Taylor, in the previous segment, you absolutely hit it out of the park in telling us what we can expect to see or what we should expect to see from the New England Patriots offense, especially the new additions of Juju Smith-Schuster and Mike Gusecki and how they're going to fit into a Bill O'Brien scheme. But defense ultimately does keep you in contention, and a lot of times it ends up winning you championships. I don't think we're ready to go there with the Patriots just yet, but in order Mm -hmm. to remain contention, they're going to have to continue that defensive prowess. And they're running it back with a very similar defensive front. Looks like they're getting the band back together in uh, in Foxborough. Uh, guys like Daniel Aquale hanging around and, uh, you know, getting those key members, you know, Raekwon McMillan, Matt Wilson, all of these guys being brought back into the fold. But the secondary is definitely going to be missing one of our favorites. Uh, you and I have had the pleasure of covering Devin McCourty up here in New England the last few years. Truly a great guy, but still one of the best contributors they have on field. Um also, the release of Jalen uh, of uh, Jalen Mills on Friday, that could change the complexity. When you look at this defense, Taylor, and you look at what they've lost, what they've gained, what they still may add, uh, what can we expect to see on the defensive side of the ball from New England this year? Yeah, so it's interesting with the safety group. The uh, safety that they've had the most talks with outside of their organization was Taylor Rapp. Now, he spent a lot more time as that deep free safety that you expect Devin McCourty to be. But where he makes most of his plays is in the box. So it kind of leads you to think, especially with uh, Jalen Mills before he was released, saying, you know, that I'm a hybrid. You know, I played safety. Although I understand why he wasn't in their long-term plans. He didn't finish the past two seasons. It really hurt them, when, especially last season when he was their only corner who was six feet tall. And they really got exposed against the Bengals where that was a pretty obvious weakness. Um, I think he was a really solid player, but his injury history made it make sense that they might have wanted to go in a different direction. But they are hinting towards a more positionless secondary where safeties don't necessarily have defined roles the way they did. Even Devin McCourty yesterday, he answered a question on Twitter where he acknowledged that, yeah, when I was on the team, everybody knew who the deep safety was. Like there was no question about it. (laughs) But now with these guys, he specifically mentioned Duggar, uh, Jabril Peppers and Adrian Phillips, who all had experience deep last year saying, well, now defenses aren't going to know who's dropping. Because they like to start in those two high shells where they kind of rock and you don't know who's going to drop. When it's McCourty and Adrian Phillips, you have a pretty good idea of who's going to be the robber, who's taking those middle of the field routes, and who's playing the deep safety. But when it's Duggar and Phillips, you truly don't really know unless you're maybe going on tendencies or something like that. Now, to that point, at the same time, I think that you'll start to see Miles Bryant in the actual deep safety role so that Duggar and Adrian Phillips can do their thing in the box and man Mm -hmm. coverage situations and obvious pass downs when they're not playing Mm -hmm. too high. But they have a lot of versatility back there that they can have a lot of fun with, again, especially with Jabril Peppers and his versatility, even played corner last year. But there is still, I think if they walked into the uh, year next, if they walked into the season with the Joneses as their starters, you know, maybe Miles Bryant is still your starting slot corner. I know fans like to give him grief, but he was very solid. He gives up plays. He's not athletic enough to be a a shutdown man cover corner, but he's very good in zone. Mm -hmm. So I think they still need that guy who's got length, who's got size, 
who can match up with the Justin Jeffersons and DeAndre Hopkins and those bigger receivers so that they can at least get their hands on, them, you know, make life a little harder on the plays where you saw Patriots defensive backs. A lot of the receptions for those top tier receivers were contested. They were very tight, they were right in the hip pocket, but they didn't have the length to actually be able to affect the catch point. Now, if you get someone like in free agency or Rocky Sin, who's a fantastic man cover corner, who has experience in the Patriots system with uh, Patrick Graham over in Vegas. If you get someone like him, who I've been pining for, but he hasn't had a really loud market so far. So we'll see what happens there. But at least in the draft, you know, there's a lot of uh, cornerbacks who fit that mold of being more long where you may worry about their deep speed, but, you know, they at least have the size to keep up. And I think if they can add that piece they can get back to more of the matchup uh, coverages that they like to play where, you know, you had one uh, corner for most of the game covering a certain receiver, whereas last year they played more and stuck to sides unless they were playing a true number one, in which case simply Jonathan Jones would be the guy shadowing that person around the formation. But I just think they need that one more piece that gives them more of a basketball team with physical diversity where they have more options on defense rather than kind of just you know, having to play a lot of brackets and things like that, where although the league is shifting to more zones, more too deep uh, or deep zones, because these offenses are so explosive, you'd at least like to have the option of going mano y mano and saying, okay, like, how do we adjust? At least I know exactly where the problem is rather than, you know, it's zone and good quarterbacks can pick it apart. And, you know, you can at least be an aggressive defense rather than kind of being reactionary. Yeah, and I think that's definitely something the Patriots fans are looking forward to seeing, especially in the secondary and watching how some of these faster, younger corners now are going to settle into their own, especially the two rookie Joneses. Uh, you mentioned Miles Bryant. I happen to agree with you on that. I think Miles, I've been critical of him as well on these airwaves, uh, but all, always uh, from a place of reverence. And I still think that there is always a 110% effort. And I think he's been much better than he's been worse. And I think mm -hmm. that says something about uh, the type of player that the Patriots are looking to retain by uh, tagging him with the tender. We leave the secondary for a second and we go to the front seven, Taylor. Uh, last year, obviously, the Patriots pinning their ears back a little bit more, getting after the quarterback. Matthew Judon continues to be a breath of fresh air on that defense. He is tremendous, always around, always on the field, making plays. Um, obviously, behind the scenes, he's become a fan favorite for his general manager skills, but we love what he does on the field as well. Josh Uche really uh, emerging last year, someone who can get after the quarterback. And then you have Dietrich Wise also in the mix as being an edge that can really get after and make life difficult on opposing quarterbacks. But you and I both know that there are typical fits in a Bill Belichick type system, especially with maybe Gerard Mayo having a little bit more of an insight this year or maybe a little bit more of a voice. What mm -hmm. can you tell us about the front seven from what you've seen and what changes can we expect to see uh, heading into 2023? So I think the front seven is probably the strength of their team. They've got a lot of above average starters. You got guys like Devon Godshaw and Lawrence Guy, who in my roster breakdown, I have them as above average starters. People are sometimes confused because you think of them as just run stoppers, but they play most downs and they are plus players where they're the ones, they're the reason that teams aren't running on you every game. And even like last season when they were having struggles in the run game, it wasn't really because of Guy or Godshaw. It was more because Dietrich Wise was having trouble in his role where he can kind of kick inside. And just because he's more of an outside player, he's, he's a tweener where he's big and a little too slow to be the outside linebacker type they like. Mm -hmm. uh, but he, and he's strong, so he can play inside against guards, but he's not 300 pounds like a godchild or a guy, so he can kind of get pushed around. But those two guys, excellent starters. Dietrich Wise, obviously captain, took a step last year. I think he really got much better in run defense. And then mm -hmm. obviously Judon. So those guys as your top four, 
fantastic, one of the better units in the league. Behind them, I think, when you talk about the edge behind Judon, that's where things start to, you know, you start to realize there could be more depth. You got Josh mm-hmm. Uche, who's a fantastic pass rusher, but he doesn't give you much on early downs. And Freddie mm-hmm. Jennings is that guy who gives you production on early downs, but he isn't really a great pass rusher. You can swap those guys, and that's fine, but it also get, creates an element of predictability where, say, a really smart offense decided, <laughs> all right, Uche's on the field on third down. We just got the first down. We're going to run at him. We're going to go hurry up. We're not letting him get off right. the field, and we're going to run at him. Or Anthony Jennings, you know, on the field second down, and then it's third and five, and you decide to go hurry up, and then it's one pass rusher who isn't really giving you much impact across from Judon. So I think they still need that guy who, especially with Jennings and Uche reaching the ends of their rookie contracts, you'd like them to bring someone in who gives them more flexibility and a more well-rounded skill set so that, God forbid, Judon gets hurt. You don't end up in a situation where, you know, Uche has to play early downs and you have a big liability or the same for Jennings and it kind of hamstrings you personnel-wise. But other than that, I think they've got a lot of depth and a lot of really good contributors. In the second level with linebacker, I think you got Juwan Bentley, who is very good, even though he's one of the bigger old school linebackers. He plays to his skill set and isn't a liability in coverage. But behind him, it's a similar thing to edge where you don't have anybody that you're confident saying if Juwan Bentley got hurt, we had to start somebody at middle linebacker for two games. I'm comfortable with this person, you know, slotting in. They don't have that guy. Jelani Tavai shown a lot of upside. Raquan McMillan's had nice moments. But those guys have also had enough where you say mm, that's someone who have, a good scheme would be able to pick on some of their deficiencies. So that's why I was hoping for someone like a David Long Jr. who unfortunately went from the Titans to the division rival mm-hmm. Dolphins. Uh, you know, that was a tough one to watch. But I thought he was a player that fit their scheme where he's good in coverage. He's a great blitzer and he's a good run stopper in terms of getting into linemen and shedding those blocks. Um, so I think they could definitely use just better depth at the linebacker spots. Um, Barmore also coming back for the interior. He's got some flexibility where if you really need a depth, he might be able to play some big guy defensive end for you if he's healthy. Um, but yeah, good, good, uh, starters, solid depth, but you can absolutely improve it. I think they will probably towards the middle of the draft, if not earlier. Yeah, I think so as well. And look, bottom line, uh, you can never have too much firepower when it comes to, uh, when it comes to guys in the middle part of that defense, when it comes to really anywhere on the team, New England is always going to stockpile guys they know can fit within their system. And I think that especially in the front seven, that's why you're seeing familiar faces come back because people know what to expect. The coaches know what to expect as well. And they know that there's a little bit more left in the tank for those guys to even grow. So excellent stuff, Taylor. As always, uh, we definitely appreciate you stopping by, lending your wisdom and counsel the way only you can here on Lockdown Patriots. Before I let you go, my friend, please let everyone know where they can reach out to you, where they can follow you, what we can expect uh, from what is going to be one hell of a year on the beat coming up, and I'm looking forward to it very much. Floor is yours, my friend. Sure. Uh, excited. Uh, yeah, you can find me at tkyles39 on uh, Twitter, and then at CLNS Media's uh, Patriots site. I got some stuff on there. Written a few articles in the past week, so uh, yeah, it's been really fun. Thank you so much. Like I said, Mike, Always a deep, deep pleasure. I appreciate you so much and all you've done for me. Honor to be on again. Nah, you definitely do not have to thank me, my friend. I'm just glad to say that uh, I'm able to uh, share the beat with you this year. Uh, it's been a long time coming, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to training camp in Foxborough, which is not as far away as you may think, folks. That's a scary thought, but it's an exciting thought, exciting and we're definitely thought. looking yep. forward mm-hmm. to it. Uh, 
Taylor would definitely want to have you back on Locked On Patriots when the uh, the, uh, the time permits and when your schedule permits. So definitely, folks, keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to make Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage all week long. If you've made us your first listen, folks, please make your second listen. Our good friends over at Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. My good friends and colleagues, NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Of course, like Locked On Patriots, Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On behalf of the great Taylor Kyles of CLNS Media, I'm Mike DeBate. Continue, folks, to stay safe and stay well. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone, and a great weekend.